0: This is the Car Dealer podcast driven by Cargurus. You want the best return from your advertising budget and Cargurus Piston Heads are focused on the same goal. With Cargurus Piston Heads, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourt. Connect with in-market high-quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, get 10% reduction off your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk Hello and welcome to the Car Dealer podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Chaplin. If you've never heard of Car Dealer before, we bring you the latest news and updates from the automotive industry seven days a week. We also publish a monthly magazine online all about what's happening in the motor trade. You can find this and much, much more at cardealermagazine.co.uk. So welcome back to the podcast where Editor-in-Chief James Baggett competes with me each week to choose the best news stories. We are joined today for episode 19 by Darren Martin from Cap HBI, who has actually been, he was actually our first podcast guest, I think. Is that right, apart from the one and only James Batchelor? He was indeed. Yes. Uh, So Darren, what have you been doing since then?
1: Oh, been listening Not a to lot, that. I imagine. Just listening to your
2: podcasts. Oh, oh that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: um, I, I see you're doing a bit of a, a big walk as well. A run. A run, yeah. sorry. Yeah.
2: Well, a fast it, walk. Was, it was a run and then I got injured and it's turned into a run walk and now I'm back to running again. So
0: oh. yeah, doing,
2: doing 50 miles uh, for Prostate Cancer UK in April.
0: Oh, brilliant.
1: 50 yeah. miles, five zero
2: yeah throughout the month not in one go I
0: was oh say, wow, <laughs> I was thinking wow. Um, but, and i imagine used cars are keeping you busy at the moment
1: used cars are
2: uh it's unbelievable what's happening with, with used cars it's um the market is so strong it's uh stronger than We've ever known it. The word "unprecedented" has obviously been used a lot over the last uh, last few months or year, but this is stronger than it was going into June last year. It's um, looking back at our records because we're we're going to move values up this month by around two percent on average. Uh, Lots of moving parts within that. That's the strongest movement up in a single month since 2009. So it is absolutely. Going great guns out there, jobs on fire, as they say. It is amazing.
1: Wow. You, you texted me yesterday or day before, and I think you said it was it was going up at no, 0.5% a day. Almost that amount a day. And that because at the start of the month it was really, really
2: stable. It was around, I think it was so on average 0.2% up, something like that. We got to the 12th of April. First couple of days, it, it was steady again and it and we, were, we didn't think it would go up by too much since then because it seemed um, as though business was good but not absolutely booming. Um, obviously, um, we then were sort of having, having calls with retailers and those types of things and, and realised how strong it actually was. And then you start to get the data through from auction sales and, and remarketers since the 12th. Um, and to be fair, it started a little bit earlier than that. thought sort of we commenced in the 5th and um, values just absolutely go through the roof. I think it's, it's obviously a lot of demand, um, but also there are supply issues and there's more supply issues to come. Um, but initially the, it's people, re, it's it's dealers replenishing their stocks. And from the retailers we've spoken to, it's, there was one that had 20 people queuing outside his door on the, on the 12th of April. And um, showrooms that wow. are, the showrooms are, are to uh, sort of queuing outside showrooms because obviously they've got to be COVID safe inside and they and it's it's absolutely it's crazy out there. It's for uh, a man it is positive. It's, it's really it's great to see.
1: In the last couple of weeks, I've been to three different dealerships now. I've been to I spent a bit of time in a BMW one last week when I was getting my bike serviced, um, and I've been to see a, a used car dealer and and, and yesterday I went to see a Citroen dealer just up the road. Um, and they were all incredibly busy just as you, just as you said I mean there was a constant stream of people coming in and um, I, w- I was chatting to the operations manager it's the, it's the Yeoman's um, group of dealers operations manager for some some of those uh, uh, franchises in his portfolio and he said the used car market was absolutely crazy and he said that the, the problem they've got is March was obviously depressed the new car so those part exchanges haven't been flowing through quite to the level they would do normally at this time of the year. So they're struggling with generating their own bar exchanges and their own used car stock, which means they're going out to try and find others. And when they're out there, it's incredibly expensive uh, to buy these. So I suppose that must be happening across the industry, Darren, is is this part of the problem?
2: Yeah, it's it's replicated everywhere. And you've got, obviously the the remarketers want to make as much money as they can. Um, There's sort of hearing of of some remarketers even holding back for now, almost waiting for that further strength to come because it will strengthen again, I would say next week, the week after. Um, So they're almost trying not to sell at the moment because they think it's going to strengthen. But if they're getting bids that they can't turn away, then they're they're having to do it. Um, And they're they're, they're selling and, and people are buying them for more. Retail prices are going up gently, I would say we've seen some of that. Trade prices are going through the roof, so the margins are getting squeezed. So retail values will have to go up, I would say. Um, and I don't know how much more trade prices can go up, but um, with the semiconductor issues and, and the lack of parts exchanges coming through from new car supply, it's gonna keep used car supply fairly measured. You're not gonna get all those lease extensions coming back still, so they're gonna keep getting extended um we're hearing lots of reports of that so i think demand supply dynamics just mean it's going to stay um it's going to it's going to push prices up for a, for a while yeah
1: anything in particular model wise that's that's doing really well
2: i've asked that question on my team myself and it, they come back with it's across the board and it, and it really is it's uh, i mean looking at it Convertibles have been unbelievable for, for a couple of months now. They're going up, and I think we, we gave you a list of what the top appreciates are an like S class cabriolet. They've gone up by about nine grand at three years old over the course of a the year. They're still going up. Um, but even this week, I saw like an Astra Diesel has gone up by a couple of hundred pounds. It, it's, it's, it's mainstream stuff. If it's nice with good options and good spec, as always, it's, they're, they're going better than anything. But the um, but the strength is is pretty much it, it's across the board for most things. There are there's the odd thing that um, yeah that, that maybe they're not so desirable, but most mostly every sector is going up. One area that isn't going up so much, which is in contrast to last June, is the older stuff. The older stuff seems to be more stable, and I guess you haven't got people going out to avoid public transport now. They, they bought last year. You haven't that that lower end isn't as strong, but the the three year old stuff is what's gone up by the most. Um, and even and younger than that, there's obviously going to be a bit of a shortage of uh, of young used cars as well because of what what happened with uh, with new car registrations. So that area could be could be quite strong as well. And if you can't get a, a new car, you're going to go and look for a used one. And the consumer doesn't necessarily know that that Cabriolet, for example is is nine grand ahead of where it was a year ago he wasn't looking for one a year ago he just knows how much money he's got in his pocket and how much he's prepared to pay for one now or how much he's got to pay for one now if he wants one yeah it's 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 an amazing situation that we're in and we are we'll cut off for our monthly product over this weekend and i think the monthly values will be out of date within a few days probably before we even start next month because uh, the the values are just moving up so much and it, it's, it's live values now you need to check on the values almost every day because that half a percent a day that, that you mentioned it is it's been close to that. Pretty much the most of the two percent movement that we'll make will have been in the last sort of ten days or so. It's
0: quite
1: crazy. It sounds like you uh, it's, about, it's about time to sell your um your your Porsche better.
0: Yes, <laughs> you want me sharing a bit? <laughs> Is that what you're angling for? I don't think anyone wants a Porsche. It doesn't work. Um, how how long do you think it's going to last for, Durham?
2: Uh, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? But I think it will be a, it will be a few weeks. I think it will be through May. It might not be as strong as this, but I think the strength will will, will be there. But it, it might ease off a little bit. I I think it'll probably be be May and into June that we that we're still as strong as this. If the, the, the big unknown and, and is the the supply situation on new car and, and there's reports coming out about the semiconductor and JLR closing their closing their factory for a for a while and, and I know there's other plants that have closed as well. If that carries on then it'll it'll last for the strength will last for longer.
0: Wow. You I'm...
2: mentioned Porsche. Porsche Porsche was one of the dealerships that we had that they're queuing out the door because it's it's the people with with money and the retirees who have got not saying that uh, obviously being a retiree should have a Porsche but um, <laughs> um, you, if, you, if you've got money then and they're, they're, they're the people that are the accidental savers so those aspirational purchases are uh, yeah they're, they're, they're the thing they're, that's what uh, everyone's after
1: but do they want an S-Class Boxster? that's the question Becca isn't it?
0: <laughs> I did <laughs>
1: <laughs> right come on let's do our let's do, let's do our quiz. Let's okay
0: look. um let me do the rules first. So if you've never listened before Darren is our guest judge today and he is going to be deciding who out of James and I has chosen the best stories. Um James and I both picked our top 5 stories of the week. Is it five this week James? Eight eight obviously um we're supposed to choose five and we're going to take it in turns to talk about these stories at the end Darren has the final say on who chose best but he's also going to tell us if he thinks we missed anything the winner is going to be decided based on having the overall best stories and if you disagree with any of us then please do let us know by tweeting car dealer um last week i won the quiz i think <laughs> every time i write this now i come around and i'm like I can't remember what happened last week. Um, But the score is still 9 7 to James. You sure? Yeah. Okay. What do you mean, am I sure?
1: I thought you would have caught up another one. No, I thought it was 9 8.
0: No. I just change the script script every week, don't I? Okay. Just have to change that one number. Um, So I get to go first. Are you ready? Go. Um, I'm going to start with the very sad news about Richard perry Jones, who tragically passed away in i believe a tractor related incident um but there's been lots of very sad people in the motor trade this week who are very shocked um at the news that he'd passed away he's obviously um very iconic had worked for ford and was it played a very important role in some of martin yep yeah um was was he chairman at marshall's
1: he was chairman at Marshall Motor Group. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so was obviously a very big figure in the motor trade, and it was very sad.
1: Yeah, and no, incredibly sad. And he, this was on my list as well. And um, oh. I mean, Richard been working in in the industry. Uh, he he worked for in the industry for forty years, thirty of those for Ford. Um, he was the man who was responsible for the engineering at. At that manufacturer when they when they brought in the new Mondeo in 1993 mm-hmm. and the launch of the Ford Focus in 1998 and I mean that was an absolute landmark car for that manufacturer completely changed them around from from the Escort that was getting very tired towards the end of its days to to this whole new whole new model which is, has been a absolute rip-roaring success for all the years that followed um it's he was such a legend um Richard Perry Jones that even even uh, Bill Ford the executive chairman of Ford Motor Company yes. um, paid tribute to him on on Friday evening um saying he was a rare talent who left an indelible mark on the on Ford and the industry um and I loved the quote that said, I can, I can tell you that going on a test drive with him was not for the faint of heart. So you can imagine <laughs> he was probably quite a spirited driver. Uh, but there was some some incredibly moving um, uh, tributes paid to Richard Barry Jones and, and rightly so. So it's it's definitely right. That's the first story that we should pick. And uh, and very, very, very sad to see him. See him mm. go. Um, do you want
0: to go next then?
1: I will. I will indeed. Uh, I'm going to go with much EV news uh, this week. Uh, I'm going to start with the story that we published this morning. This is a huge survey that's been put uh, put together by the AA and Electrified.com uh, of 15,000 motorists uh, with some quite staggering facts that came off the back of it. Um, 81% of motorists' quiz said they think... EVs are too expensive but I did have quite a funny reply on Twitter saying there's I, you you point me towards one car buyer that says a car is too cheap yeah <laughs> which I think is a very important I did but, think
0: that was quite a funny stat when I read it
1: yeah but I, I mean I, I still still 81% think they, they're too expensive 63% didn't even know that there was a plug-in car graph.
0: yeah
1: <laughs> Where have they? Where have they been hiding? Um, but there was some positivity towards EV. Sixty-two percent said that they liked the thought of waking up to a full battery mm. like mobile phone, uh, and thirty-four percent said an EV would fit with their lifestyle now. But it was a really interesting survey. This and the, oh, the, the reason I've picked it is my first one is actually we've we've covered a lot of news this week on the website, and quite a lot of it has been EV related. And I'm going to just tie this in with the news from um, Trader. It's a slight dual story. Oh, here cheat. It's all out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to tie it in with the news from Trader um, that uh, came from commercial director Ian Plummer, who's talking at Goodwood this week. Our guys went out there and was covering that press event and uh, picked up the news story that actually used electric car supply is far greater than the demand that is out there. Um, so I was thinking of what, what I found quite interesting, in the, in the new car market, used car, uh, electric cars are really picking up, aren't they? they have completely accelerated. Tesla Model 3, best-selling car in December, um, and all the manufacturers are bringing them out. But yet in the used car market, and this is how I'm going to bring our lovely guest, Darren, into this, uh, the used car market, they don't seem to be quite as popular. Uh, would, I, would I be right in that, in that, in that assumption, Darren?
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree that supply outweighs demand in the uh, in the used car market, which is uh, and, and which is why values have dropped on EVs over the last year. Where it's been obviously been strength in the used car market overall, but that's been mainly on petrol and diesel uh, engine cars. EVs have um, yeah they have struggled a little bit more. I think the, the various reasons for it. They're expensive compared to to a petrol or diesel car. Um, there's still a little bit of the case of the unknown. I think as, as that survey obviously showed, there's still range anxiety is still a thing. Um, the amount of time it takes to charge is, is obviously still a thing as well. And it is just, people are just a little bit wary still. I, I've got a bit of a theory that I think if people are looking to buy a car, they'll look at an EV now and they'll go, I'll get one next time, and that'll be in, in three years' time or something. And at the moment, I think they're, they're, there's a comfort blanket almost around the petrol and petrol and diesel. Um, I'll, I'll stick with that for now. Um, a bit of an anecdote, we've got an, an EV, uh, specialist editor at CAP who, who, um, in, in my team, and he um, he's come, just recently come out of his company car, so you'd expect him to go to an EV, and he was looking for an EV, wanted to get an EV, that he's not getting one because that, yeah. that one journey a month he might need to make to Leeds it, it, and he'll have to park it up, find a charger, get it charged up, get, and then go and do his work and then come back to it. And if he can't get in, then how's he going to get home? It's little things like that that yeah. just... That make put you off that final sort of step. So uh, the, the ranges are improving, the great news. But I think they need to come down in price a little bit. There are some out there that are um, obviously at the cheaper end, like MG, which is a bit of a, a game changer. Things like that. Um, but um, I think we're a little bit away from them being mainstream for used cars. Do
0: you think?
1: Go
0: on, sorry, <laughs> Um, Do you think that the plug in car grant actually works um, in a negative way for used cars? Because you can't get it on used cars, can you? So, um, therefore, people are getting the saving on a new car, but they know they're not getting that saving if they buy used.
2: I, um, yeah, I don't know that it works negatively because there's, there's quite a big gap between the new price and the used anyway. So when they reduced that grant recently, we didn't see much of an impact from it. But I think the fact that there's no incentives for the used buyer is a, is a massive negative and you can't get away from a lot of the new stuff is if the incentives are for sort of company cars and things like that and for, and for fleet business rather than for retail. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the grant is only available on a fairly expensive car anyway. So... Um, I'm not sure that it, it has that much of an impact it's still the fleet area that, that, that they work in the best
1: i think you hit the nail on the head with the um, with with the range point because the sort of stuff that's on the market now in the used car market i mean for example I was at an auction last week g3 up in up in leeds and a and a Nissan leaf on a 2015 plate went through and only made 4000 pounds and i mean we we all we all stood there quite shocked a bargain yeah quite shocked but you've got to remember that that car's probably only can only do 90 miles it's probably had a little bit of battery depletion in the last Mm -hmm. six years probably got a range of you know real world 70 to 80 miles now well actually that doesn't make sense for 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 a lot of people does it and I think that the the issue is that those cars that are filtering down into the used car market mostly are the ones that have got the old range you know that, that there's been a seismic leap in these newer models where they're doing 200 miles plus and that's that's real world. So I just wonder whether, just as electric cars have taken off in the new car market, if the range is increased, maybe that will happen in the used car market when these start filtering down into into used cars.
0: Yeah, they're great
2: as a second car, aren't they? That that example, that Leaf, that's, that's perfect for for the sort of the, the little journeys you're going to do. But it doesn't satisfy your whole requirement. So, um, and I think you still need to. People still need explaining to them. When, when you go, you know what you're going to do is you've got a petrol or a diesel car. You know you're going to go to the petrol station and fill it up, and you know it's, it's going to take you a few minutes, and you don't have to worry about it. If you buy an electric car, you've kind of got to have it explained. Well, how do I plug it in at home, and how long is it going to take me to charge it, and will I be able to drive that two-hour journey and things like that? And that is still a little bit unknown. So it, it needs to be more, more mainstream, and there do need to be incentives for the used car buyer as well.
1: I mean, the other one is the fact that some old Renaults, you still have to pay the battery lease fee. So you know, you buy an old Twizy and you're paying sixty pound a month for for a battery lease fee, aren't you? So this keeps you yeah. awake at
0: night, doesn't it? Well,
1: it does. I. You never I stop talking about this. <laughs> I understand. I don't, this is why you never see a Twizy on the road as a used model. They're practically worthless because you yeah. you wouldn't buy one and then then have to sign up to a sixty pound a month lease on the battery for the rest of its life. It's just just bonkers i think i
2: think they've they've learned from that we we never valued those in our product it's we made the decision straight away years ago never to not to value those because you've
1: got two different parts of a vehicle owned by two different different people it's
0: Mm.
1: mad yeah well that's my first one stroke two
0: we'll be right back the car dealer podcast is driven by car gurus you want the best return from your advertising budgets and Cargurus piston heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourt. Connect with in-market, high-quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, you can get 10% reduction on your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk. Now let's get back to the quiz. Yeah, i was just going to make one more point and then we won't ramble about EVs anymore. But I don't know what it is now, but Teslas used to be their batteries were guaranteed for eight years or something. Um, and they did say at the time that they were guaranteed for eight years because they didn't know if they would last any longer than that. And they probably would. But just going back to your Nissan Leaf example, that's got six-year-old batteries now, isn't it? So yeah. it would worry me or oh,
1: I'd
2: it sort of have pay. it in the back of my mind. Yeah, but how them. expensive is that? Well, not cheap. Mm. It's, a, it's a really good point, though, because in the used market, we obviously value to, um, obviously, the spec of the vehicle and the age and the mileage. With an EV, you've got the age and the mileage and you've got the battery and how much of that battery life is left. So if you've got a car, same age, same mileage, 60% battery life left and one with 80% battery life left, which one are you going to pay more for? And that, that information isn't readily available out there, so you kind of need. We need that information to be able to value EVs um, accurately going forward. And there isn't really that information. You, obviously, you can you can plug in a, a leaf, you can plug into a leaf, and you can see what's left. But at the auctions, it's not in the catalogues, and it's not it's not readily available. So that's kind of the the next stage that we need to get to to get that information from from manufacturers, so that 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 is. Um,
1: readily available and out there yeah it's all part of it all part of the big change isn't
0: it yeah um what am i going to do i am going to go with the story about the customer that crashed the yaris demonstrator into a dealership because it's always quite funny stuff like that doesn't really happen in the uk does it especially not i I,
1: I honestly thought I, i i spotted that on linkedin and sent it to john to write and that, I, I didn't actually think it was in the UK <laughs> until I had to zoom in on the number plate.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it was at Bentley's Motor Group, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it looked quite scary. But I just thought it, we shouldn't really laugh because I'm sure it was very dramatic and not very funny for the dealership or the person in the um,
1: the Yaris. But someone said, lucky. Someone said on Twitter, it was lucky it wasn't a GR Yaris. Otherwise, you would have gone straight from... Oh
0: God! Yeah. Can you the other side. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, there's not really a lot to that story apart from you, watch guys. the video if you've not I'll seen it. Yet. Yeah, it's very dramatic. All right, I'll
1: go with mine then. Shall I?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to go with the Mitsubishi dealers. Um, mm-hmm. Who this took up most of my time on, on Tuesday. So uh, these are the these are the Mitsubishi dealers who are pretty angry with the way that the cars are being sold off by the manufacturers. So obviously, Mitsubishi is leaving the UK. This year, probably the end of quarter three, they're winding down their operations and trying to sell off the uh, the, the, the remaining stock they've got. Um, and I spoke to a number of dealers, five in total, which I, which I called up at random, um, and they were all incredibly cheesed off. If I'm honest, um, what's happened is that. that that the manufacturer went to them in, in quarter one and said, right, let's have one last push, guys. Let's, you know, let's have a big, this big marketing campaign. Get these remaining cars out there. They've heavily, heavily discounted them. Um, uh, and cars that they still had in stock included the Shogun Sport, ASX, a handful of Outlander PHEVs. Um, but what happened is they've got an internal system of Mitsubishi. Any dealer can access it. One dealer, uh, you know, cl- clever one in my mind, went on went on there and 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 ordered them all, bought all of the Shogun Sports, um, and then all of these dealers were left. With with appointments and test drives that they that they couldn't they couldn't fulfil because they couldn't actually sell them any of these um, these Shogun sports. Now I, I get the fact that any of these any of these dealers could have done exactly the same, the same thing, and the manufacturer hasn't done anything wrong, and the, the dealer who bought them haven't done anything wrong. However, they should have been a little bit more fair about it. You know, if you're asking all of your network, I mean, one of the dealers said you would spent tens of thousands of pounds on some some marketing campaigns for these exact models. Only not to be able to fulfill the orders that because, sorry, not be able to fulfill the test drives and potential orders because all the cars have been sold. So I think that Mitsubishi used to have a fantastic relationship with its dealer network. And from all of the dealers that I spoke to this week, that has completely deteriorated. They were very, very upset. Um, I got shouted at by the uh, Mitsubishi PR man who was not happy with my story, uh, but we gave them the right of reply, and I'm going to mention what they say. Let me scroll to the bottom of the story. I was going to say they do say that they are
0: getting more, didn't they? They
1: say yeah. They did say they are going to get some more cars into the country, not not Shogun Sports, but some uh, some some other models oh, right. in the country. They um, they said they don't come in, comment publicly on business activities of specific dealers, um, they did say a small batch of cars were called up from their portbury port- facility by one dealer uh, on the same terms of any of their other partners. Um, and obviously, we also talked about the fact that Nissan and Mitsubishi have got a very close alliance and that they could possibly uh, be taken over the, the sales and or possibly servicing in the future in the UK for Nissan and Mitsubishi. And they said they wouldn't comment on that wild and ungrounded speculation, despite the fact that many of our dealers worried that that was going to be the case. So, yeah, I just... I, I, I thought this was a um, quite quite upsetting story, really, if I'm honest, because I, I I know how closely some of these dealers have worked with with Mitsubishi over the years. You know, some of them have been with that brand for decades um, and to see it fall apart the way it has done um, is just incredibly sad. And I think they could have they just could have handled this this final sellout of these cars a little bit fairly, allocated them on a dealer per dealer basis or say, We've had an offer for all of these cars, guys. If you've got any test drives booked in, you can buy some up now, but otherwise we're gonna sell them all to dealer X, um, which is probably a fair way of doing things. I don't know, what what do you think, Darren? Did you have a look at that story?
2: Yeah, I think, well, we've spoken to Mitsubishi a few times over the since the announcement and we're sort of, um, well, thinking that there was gonna be like a measured approach to them and that the vehicles are gonna be available for most of this year. Um, and yeah, they, they would be fairly um, well spread amongst their dealer network. So maybe they just didn't realise this sort of thing would happen. They didn't really expect it. So I think it probably took them a, bit, a little bit by surprise. Because yeah, where we, we you they were obviously talking to us from a, a residual value point of view, and with the stocks that they had left and the measured approach to them going hitting the market, then. Um, it would, would have been fine on both new and unused cars. So I'm um, not to say this will have an effect on on, on anything residual-wise, but it is a, a disappointing for their for their dealers who are relying on it. They got and sort of a, had a loyal following with the dealers as well, haven't they? And yeah. they're obviously in, in a little bit of limbo now.
1: Yeah, it's um it's been interesting to see the, the, the network slowly sort of evaporate. You know, some have gone across to Subaru we've announced this week and we mm. some have gone across to MG, some have gone across to Sanyong. And I don't blame them, you know. As soon as a, if you if you'd been with a with a manufacturer for decades and all of a sudden they said they're gonna leave the leave the UK, you would desperately go and find another partner
0: to Yeah, it's to so wrap, like, it's sad, isn't it though? Like people tend to join Mitsubishi for life, don't they? And do well with them. And also the fact that these cars are clearly popular. I've talked to a couple of dealers as well. You've said L200 has been really popular recently as well. So it just makes it even sadder, I think, that they're leaving when there's clearly a decent customer base in the UK that like these cars.
2: Yeah, that's really popular. The L two hundred, yeah, and it has been for a while. It's probably the, the sort of the jewel in their crown now. So, yeah, if uh, they had test drives organised for things like that, as well, that would cause a problem. But um, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, if you were the the alliance and you were looking at your 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 portfolio of Renault, Nissan, Mitsubishi, you would think that some form of deal with Nissan here in the UK would make sense, wouldn't it? Nissan have got. The Navara to Mitsubishi's L200. They've got the X Trail coming next year to the Outlander. They've got the Cash Guy to the ASX. They've got the 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 um, the the, the, um, the Duke to um, their Eclipse Cross. You know, actually, there's they probably actually all of the Nissan models are better than the Mitsubishi ones, aren't they? So you know, if you could target that database of buyers, you could actually do incredibly well for if you were if you were Nissan. So it seems seems yeah. sad going to let all of these buyers disappear into the ether and and go into other other brands when they could keep them within the alliance
2: yeah i think there's some good opportunities for mitsubishi dealers like with the brands you mentioned earlier about sort of suzuki and Yong and um, those sort of things, MG. I mean, they they're, they're good brands, aren't they? With a, with a good portfolio of vehicles. So for that sort of little, um, almost sort of niche area, I think they'll they'll do quite well. Obviously, they will they'll miss Mitsubishi, but I think that hopefully they'll 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 keep strong throughout. that I think. Just-
1: Sorry, I was just going to say with these with these brands. having not not been out at this this Citroen dealer this week. We ended up talking about about Suzuki, and they, and there was a cause there, there was a Suzuki buyer on the, on the forecourt just picking up a new Swift Sport, who, and he chopped in an, an old Swift, you know the three f- four year old Swift for a new Swift, and I said that's strange, isn't it? He's just he's obviously gone for the sporty one. He says, well, you're fine with these sorts of brands once they buy Suzuki. They never change to another another brand. Um, and, it, and I reckon that's the same with Mitsubishi. I bet you those customers have been so loyal to that brand, they've just keep buying and buying and buying. So when it disappears from the UK, it's gonna be quite difficult for these buyers. What are they gonna to go to next?
0: Yeah, is it well, it was sort of gonna tie into what I was gonna say about Subaru and how they've what they've signed up 10 new dealers and yeah. they're they're gonna sign up 15. And I just it doesn't really make sense to me. I can understand it's that there's definitely a certain type of buyer who buys a Subaru, but just feels like Subaru was this dying brand, kind of pulling back from the UK. Not dying brand, they're obviously a very popular brand, but they, well, they w- were pulling back, and these dealers are signing up. So I just, we were talking about it the other day, and it's like, do these dealers know something we don't? Like,
1: oh, they, Well, they must do, because Subaru has, like, no cars to sell. Mm. I mean, what is their range? It's the XV, isn't it? Yes. I don't, I don't understand. I really don't understand why these... I mean, fair play to Subaru for signing them up, but they've obviously told these dealers something that we don't know. There must be a huge influx of Subarus heading our way and very exciting ones at that because...
0: Or is it just like such a reliable, good car that for that kind of market, that they want something that's not going to break and has all the features, etc., cetera, um, well, is appealing still? And they'll just move from one to the other like that Suzuki driver.
1: They've got an XV, e-boxer, an Outback, and a Forester e Boxer.
0: That's it. I mean, oh, I it's know.
1: no
2: is worse it... than Samsung, is it? True. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've no inside info on that. I'm afraid. I don't know what they're doing. All consumers are looking to yeah. ramp their. yeah, sorry. <laughs> 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 looking to ramp up their volumes, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, seems oh, I, strange. Yeah, you know, I thought it was strange. Right,
1: was that your next one, Beth?
0: Um no, it wasn't. Oh, okay. That oh, was quite scary. a good one though. No, that was just about Mitsubishi Um I will go with um some car auctions may never reopen. Excellent. Great. I want story. to say this is one of your fake news stories where oh, <laughs> James tells it all about something we probably all knew anyway. But no, it was quite, it's um it's quite an interesting topic that is bubbling away at the moment, isn't it? About people going to auctions and whether they'll ever reopen again and how we'll be able, people will be people be able to kick tires, etc.
1: Yeah, I mean this must come up in conversation every day for you, Darren. I mean the ones the dealers that I saw up at this auction loved being there, but. That was probably by the virtue of the fact they were actually there. I watched the video. I
2: thought it was really good. And someone said, "Oh yeah, we, love, we we want we want to." breathe in the carbon monoxide. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> a, an interesting one. But I thought, the, I thought the video was excellent. Obviously, that facility at G three looks looks really really good. I. Uh, um, spoke to a couple of my editors afterwards because obviously our office, a lot of my my like two of my editors are based up in Leeds, so they're gonna try and get along and uh and have a look. Cause that's part of the job that we miss is is getting out and, and mixing at, at the auctions um and speaking to people. I, I yeah it, it gets brought up all the time. Um I think that, that some of the larger auction houses won't be reopening physically. Um, some will. I think Matt Mannheimer are, are, are sort of talking about it and probably will for a bit further down the line. There's going to be a mix, and that's what that, 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 the feeling the, the in that video was as well. There, there will be some that have done brilliantly out of being completely online. The analytics of the auction company is so much better. They can see how many people are locked on, how many people are bidding. Um, they can kind of see, get the analytics afterwards rather than the number of people in the hall and that type of thing. But people still want to go out and and, um, and look at a car and um, kick the tires, meet people um, and see. And I, I thought it was interesting that there's a certain price range where you're still going to want to go and look at that vehicle. If you're spending sort of 15 grand on a car, you might want to go and have a look at it. But the NARMA grading now and, and that's been in place for a few years and now is coming into its own again, I just think that there's space for both, but I do think, going forward i think more will be online personally uh, i think that um there may be a bit of a splurge of people going out now and and visiting the auctions but that um it's it's probably a lot more productive to to be sat at your desk and buying them online as long as the condition grading is right but um there there will be a mixture of both and the ones that are open physically will probably take a little bit of business away from the ones that aren't because there will be um those that want to go and attend, so i think it, it, it's good it's a, it's a mixture it? and it, um, there will be a space for, for both going forward
1: yeah i agree with you completely there i, mean, I think the, the the thing is we've been buying cars in online auctions for years haven't we ebay ebay motors has been ebay's been going for a long time and people have been buying blind when you're just con- in the consumer world for, for years so
0: i used to buy all my cars on ebay i think about this the other day it never bothered me to buy them and, and-
1: you know, because you'd always say, wouldn't you, you advertise the car on eBay, say, oh, yeah, you can come and see it beforehand. But the amount of times that people actually bothered to come and see the car before buying, they would just bid for it and buy it online. I don't know whether that meant that the cars were slightly cheaper as a result. But I don't think they really were. Probably not. No. So I think, I, I, I think it, the trade's just caught up with it. Like as the, the trade has caught up on a lot of things, you know, when it comes to e-commerce. I think that's what we've talked about it a lot, haven't it? how, how it's been supercharged by the pandemic, and I think this is another, just another part of that. Um, and I think you're right, Darren. I, I think there will be some that some of the smaller auctions will continue, uh, some of the independents, and they will they will grab some of those customers from from the big ones that that don't like doing online. But I do think the majority of it will be online in the future.
0: It's a whole new level of like competition, isn't it? How can you do the best online auctions, and yeah. how can you do the best? like blended experiences we keep talking about but it makes a lot of sense people are gonna at the end of the day people want to see who they're buying from sometimes but sometimes you can't be bothered to go out and sitting in a car's too far away or you trust the people buying you're buying from so i think people will do a bit of both
1: well i was talking to i was talking to one of the auctions today actually and they said um that that, that their buyers say we, we like some of their buyers say they like online because they can do three or four different auctions on the same day without even leaving the office you know they could you can't really do that when you're driving between blackbush and and a another a another dealer anywhere in the country one. as well you can you can buy buy cars at the regional stuff you're not
2: just going to pop along to your local auction now you can buy cars from scotland if you're in on the south coast of england can't you and those so pick and choose where, where you go and as you say yeah just log on when you feel like it or to specific auctions it is it's a lot easier, but obviously, it's still nice for those people to go and grab a bacon butty and, and meet people and see the condition of the
1: cars. Mm. I think you've um you you make a very good point there becca as well about the fact that it's all going to come down to this competition of what it's like online g3 was saying that um one of the things they're doing for their online buyers is installing four different cameras in the hall so the online buyers can swap between the cameras as they these cars are going through um and i think you know having seen some of the other platforms they're not quite they're they're a bit like our website when we built it at the start of the pandemic we kind of threw it all together and now having to kind of unravel it afterwards i think it's the same for many businesses isn't it they did what they had to do and over the over the coming months and years we'll see this evolution of things just getting better and better and better
0: mm. it's like when you talk to um you did that interview with motorway and there's some businesses that are coming into it from a how do we do this best from the start if that makes sense yeah. and yeah. then you've got all the kind of live auctions that are trying to reverse engineer it back to how can we do it so it's um yes yeah, people are definitely going to come up with some really interesting ways to sell cars at auctions and it will Make things more interesting for us, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right, my go. Um, I am going with Inchcape and uh, their update to the stock market that they're selling their retail operations in russia for 70 million pounds uh, well they're hoping to um, to get that 70 million cash on completion of the deal they've sold sold it to a operator an operator mm-hmm. in russia that i cannot pronounce i won't try um, and uh, the the interesting <laughs> thing the interesting thing here please try kol avto kluch avto is that right
0: no oh, no i didn't you're not going you? no, you to know just wanted
1: no i just wanted to baby do it um the interesting thing here with inkscape is it's another step away from their retail operations they've been scaling back their dealer operations over the over the last few years you remember, you'll remember last year they sold a number of their cooper bmw dealers to, to virtue motors here uh in the uk um and this this russian deal was 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 part of that strategy they said it's um they're going to be spending the money on growing their core distribution business. So
0: um,
1: I just thought it was interesting that they were very open about that. They, they, they were talking about the fact that they are they are looking to move further away from retail operations around. The, they're obviously an international international business, um, looking to move further away from those operations around around the world. Uh, it would be interesting to see what, the, what they do in the future. Because if you have a look at some of their numbers, they make all of their cash from distribution. It's not from selling cars, um, as we know. It's a very, very small margin, isn't it? Selling cars, but but distributing them, and they've obviously can make some decent cash. So that's very my good.
2: A strong, strong brand, though, on on sales. Certainly in, in the UK, we have a strong relationship with, with Inchcape, and they are they are very good at what they do. So I guess they've still got a, a, a place for that. Um, I think, that like a lot of dealers, one of the things they've introduced uh, since the pandemic is selling those cheaper. Um, cheaper in part exchanges. And I saw, uh, I think, one of, without preempting one of your stories, the JCT approved yes. thing, where they're now selling cars that are sort of under five grand, whereas before they would have been trading them. And that's been, and, and Inchcape have done the same thing. It's quite an interesting dynamic of the market now that, um, with the shortages in new, in new cars as well, that focus on those used cars, it may be off brand and, and sell those. So um, I think. Companies like Inchcape and, and JCT will, will still have a, 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 a strong presence in that.
0: Mm.
1: Yes, yeah. um, Peter Smythe was saying that from from Swansea. We obviously talked, talked, talked to him last week, but he he was he he gave me a call after that JCT six hundred story said came out and said this is this is what our, the dealer groups of our size have to do. We're having to sell these 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 cheaper used cars, and actually, it works incredibly well. Funnily. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: why would you trade them to someone else to let them have that cut of the pie when you could do it yourself
2: it's been a policy hasn't it for ages but they, they're changing their policy that's one of the good things coming out of the pandemic really that will make them more profitable by do, by doing the less traditional things and, and thinking of things a bit differently and
1: simple things like that to make more money
0: mm.
1: yeah right your go
0: um this is my last one, which is just about um, Gen Z and how they are itching to spend stockpile cash on a new car.
1: Gen Z. I mean, which I is the 17
0: most- to 24 year olds for Thank people you. who don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody
1: no, knows. No. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials, baby boomers. I mean, I
0: just hate those terms. <laughs>
1: Well, that's good to know. It's probably
0: irrational, but I really, really dislike
1: it.
0: <laughs> well, why is it on the website then? Um,
1: um, someone else wrote it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we know that everybody, well, I mean, that's a massive generalisation, but in general, people have more cash. But the fact that these Gen Z people are going out and want to go treat themselves to a new car, apparently, I think on average, they've got £2,000 more than they would have, or £2,000 in the bank, which I definitely would have liked when I was between the age of 17 and 24 but yeah they're going out to buy nice cars with them
1: it is nice not wanting to use the term that these younger people are looking to buy cars because for a long time many people have many industry commentators are saying oh yeah younger people are drifting away from car ownership and they're going to car sharing and they don't want it it's cost too much etc that is one thing that the pandemic another one of the things that the pandemic has done is is made people want to go back to their own their own space have their own have their own mobility and nice to see that that's coming who, who did the survey i haven't got the story mm, on my list it's in front of me here um auto trader Auto trader so yeah they um they have good data so yeah, interesting, are those that, that they've found that as well mm. yeah. i would
2: say it's a counter to that though that those younger people are also more heavily affected by the pandemic aren't they if they're in yeah, like hospitality jobs yeah. and things like that so it's maybe a little bit of a two of a split there with the ones that are in in good jobs where they can afford it and those that have been sort of harder hit by maybe in sort of tourism and travel and and hospitality so i think it's probably a little bit um maybe not um across the board i would say mm-hmm.
0: it's um so just to give you a bit more detail on the figures it was um 77 percent of gen z um believed that Oh, no sorry that's they believe they were more focused on sustainability um and versus 54 percent for 55 to 64 year olds um and just that they are they're more worried about reflecting their personality having good sat nav, good sound system and i guess that kind of plays into it a little bit doesn't it when usually when you're 17 or 18 you can't necessarily afford those things so just driving them more towards this kind of eco focused having all having all the best things on their cars probably good for the new car market
1: yeah about connectivity
2: i think mean, when we yes. um, bought a car for my son we bought a 62 plate picanto and the first thing he did when he got in it was look for the usb port
0: mm. <laughs> well, is this is what i'm sure all car people know this but you always get asked what car should i buy and usually when you say well what do you need they go I don't want it to cost a lot of money and it needs to have a USB or Bluetooth. And that's yeah. all anybody cares about. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically a USB on wheels. It's just a big mobile phone charging device. Yeah, it's just a big sound system, isn't it? Um, yeah, right. that's my last one then. What have you got?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with um, the used cars sales leaping in March um, yes. because I know used cars... Bit of a topic of ours this week, uh, but used car sales we um, got from our used car partner CarConnor.co.uk. The uh, figures from from those guys said that they think used car sales from the top two hundred used car dealers were up thirty percent on February, with one hundred sixty five thousand sold. Compared to 126,000 in February. Um, we've also done the top 200 list of most stock dealers as we do every month. Arnold Clark, once again, at the top with 29,000 used cars in stock. Um, how many do you think, Rebecca, without looking at the story, uh, second place Evans Housel had in stock?
0: What did you say Arnold Clark had? Yes,
1: Arnold Clark had 29,000 in total. How many did Evans Housel have in second?
0: I want to say 20,000.
1: No. 9,600. I mean, oh, wow. It shows you how big the uh, used car operation is for Arnold Clark, doesn't it? Mm. You can see why they're the most profitable dealer in the car dealer top 100 list. As how
0: well. many more cars did they have than last time you did the survey? Uh,
1: unknown, because oh. I'm a picture of one of me. sorry. I, did I, make I, it into I, your story? I could tell you who's, no, it doesn't actually.
0: I just wondered how much they'd stocked up.
1: Yeah, I think though um, the uh, I do think we have got some. Yeah, the dealers uh, worked hard on restocking the forecourts. We say with inventory rising fifty percent on February, top two hundred in total. So we haven't got them for individual dealers, but in total, uh, we're up from um, one hundred and fifteen thousand in February to one hundred and seventy-three thousand cars in stock, used cars in stock. So yeah, so they've obviously been out there buying. What do you think? Do they those figures sort of ring true with you, Darren? I think it'll be interesting to see what April does. <laughs> After, if that's the case in March,
2: what's April? What's April going to do? But yeah, on clock, obviously a, a fantastic operation. Yeah. Um, if they've gone out and bought a lot of cars, then um, then all, all credit to them. We've been saying to to dealer sort of uh, dealers that we've spoken to since sort of February. Now is a good time to buy because we think they're going to go up in value. So. They've um, they stocked up then, yeah. That's a, a wise thing to do because, I, as I said earlier, I think there's going to be some uh, some difficulties doing that. Maybe over the next uh, next few months, going to be scrapping for
1: cars, going to be uh, lots of competition. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's my list.
0: Wonderful. Um, so, Darren, what do you think? Do you think we've missed anything?
2: Uh, what did I have? I had a quick look earlier. I had the EV one. I had the Auto Trader um, increase in traffic one. Um, I had JLR to pause production. Oh, um, yes. Quite an interesting one for the semiconductor, although we're probably all sick of hearing. Didn't even know what semiconductor was three (laughs) or four (laughs) months ago, did we? No. Now we do. So, yeah, I thought that that was an interesting one, and I think that there's going to be more that that say say things about that. Um, The JCT used car brand, which I mentioned, and the G3 auction one was what? were the the key
1: ones that I have. So I think you've covered off most of them pretty good. That semiconductor one was actually second on my list, but for some reason I have ignored it and uh, jumped past it every single time. But um, interestingly, I had had an email from Stuart Folds, chairman and CEO of Trust Ford today, saying that he thinks this is going to be the uh the biggest biggest problem in in quarter two going into quarter three for the new car market and we (laughs) we have been reporting on this as you said for quite some time and there's been problems across the industry but they just seem to be getting worse now and it seems to be getting a little bit more mainstream as soon as someone like jlr has to stop stop producing cars for a day day or so and it really becomes headline news doesn't it and i think this is going to cause problems and that has a knock-on effect to the rest of the industry if you can't buy new there's no part exchanges coming in used car market struggles again but pushes prices up it's going to be a lot to talk about for the rest of this year isn't there it, darren it's going to be it's going to be really interesting and it changes week by week as well
2: really so it's going to be a uh, I think we're uh, we're we're already thinking that the strength in the market for pricing might last for longer than we thought it would originally. So it's uh, yeah, so it, it's all changed. But uh, I think it's probably good news on the used car front, and maybe not so good news on the, on the new car front.
1: Yeah. So, who has won this week, Darren? Well, there's a couple of things. I
2: was a bit I'm confused by the nine seven score because you didn't you say this is the nineteenth
0: one? Oh well. This is because this is not the 19th time that we've played the quiz. Uh, Ah, There are more episodes of the podcast that do not relate to this. Uh, (laughs) Ah,
1: Very well explained.
2: Also, James, I think you've just sort of cheated a little bit by saying, oh, yeah, I had that semiconductor one, which I'd already said was an important one for me. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that was all (laughs)
1: right. Please, sir,
2: please, sir, please. Yeah. Um, So I think based off the auctions not reopening or not opening and the rich parry jones story i'm going to go for rebecca this
0: yes i didn't think i'd win today darren i thought you'd give it to james so thank you very much i appreciate that
1: yeah well done rebecca oh, <laughs>
0: i'm gonna <to> overtake this <laughs> me
1: <soon. laughs> that
0: means i'm just one point behind you
1: one point excellent mm. i have to make sure i continue that lead
0: Yes, okay.
1: <laughs> well, oh, get like snooker scores, isn't it? Nine, eight going into the final round.
0: I don't know snooker no. scores, so Okay. It means nothing to me. Um <laughs> Thank you, Darren, for coming on that again. Was a pleasure again. Yes.
2: Thanks thank for inviting you, me
0: back. It's been very interesting to find out about what's going on. Um thank you to everyone who's listened today if you have enjoyed what you've heard please let us know you can send us a message on social media um, or you can subscribe rate and review us on apple podcasts or i think you can do it on spotify but i'm never really sure um all of the stories that we've mentioned today i'm going to link in the show notes now you'll be able to find a story on car dealer over the weekend which will tell you about every single story we've um, included with a link to it if you'd like to read more um, and Apart from that, until next time, goodbye.